Hello and welcome to episode 65 of the Fundraising Bright Spots podcast. This is the podcast for fundraisers and development professionals who want ideas to help you enjoy your job and raise more money, especially during the pandemic. Today, if you work in development for a school or other education organisation, I hope you're going to find this episode really helpful. Because today I'm sharing part of the interview I conducted with a fabulous fundraiser named Henrietta Carter Mayers, who is Development Director at Godolphin and Latimer School. Henrietta and I have created a new series of training films called Ways to Grow Your School Fundraising Results. Wherever you work, the films are completely free and you can get your copy from the episode notes to this podcast, which are on my website, which is brightspotfundraising.co.uk. So if you look on the podcast section of the website for the notes for episode 65, you'll be able to click on the link there to get hold of this series of five short films in which Henrietta and I share examples and strategies to help you make progress with your fundraising. Now, just to give you a little bit of background information before we start, at Godolphin and Latimer, where Henrietta works, former pupils are known as Old Dolphins, and the school is fiercely proud of the success of its bursary programme, which is made possible by its fundraising. And in this section of our conversation, Henrietta explains some of the ways they've been so successful in engaging their audience with what's going on in the school and the wider community. Henrietta, thank you so much for making time for the interview. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Really well, thank you. And thank you so much for making time for this interview. A first key idea that we can never let go of is working hard to really know and care about our audience. And then I think um, when you and I were talking the other day about another key tenet of your communications, it was to do with just how powerful the human need is to feel part of something, part of a tribe, Mm -hmm. part of an in-group. And there's lots of psychological research about just how needed that is. But do you want to give me your take on, on, on how at your school and in your communication you make sure you do justice to that? Absolutely. So first of all, I just have to say, don't underestimate the power of belonging. If somebody feels like they belong to something, then they will be more invested in it. Um, And whether that's just mentioning it to a friend or whether it's volunteering their services or wanting to contribute financially. And that's so powerful. Um, So since I've been at Godolphin, we, uh, we started afresh. We kind of cleaned up GDPR wise. Um, So we had about 3000 just over uh, members of our alumni community that were on our mailing list, if you like. Um, But since people have felt like they belong, that they really feel this relationship with the school, we've seen that other people feel like they're missing out. And so our community has grown by over a thousand. um, And I mean, we, it only grows organically with current parents becoming former parents and girls becoming old dolphins um, by about 300 every year. So that's an uh, exponential growth of 700 people, um, which is 20%, which is amazing. So, so just to be clear, to- what, what you're saying is since kind of more deliberately help sending this signal and creating this sense of family, there are people who didn't used to be subscribed or signed up yeah. to receive who are coming forward saying, what about me? Can I, can I join? 
more than that, people would say, I'm not getting them. Why am I not getting them? The rest of my year are getting them or my best friends are getting them. Or I've, I've thought that I sent it through, but um, I want to be in touch. Absolutely. And we make it really easy for people to do that. So we regularly post on social media and in our comms. If you want to reconnect, forward this email, and this is where you click. And then we, we routinely um, go into our Google Forms and update people's details so they, so they can easily rejoin the community, really. Um, but it's so important with that, with that feeling of belonging. So how do you accomplish that feeling of belonging? It goes back to a little bit to know your audience and you've got to find some common threads. So something really unique to Godolphin. So but hopefully everybody will be able to find their, their something at their school or institution is that we have a school birthday, which is bit ridiculous but um traditionally it was celebrated on the 4th of may we now celebrate it in february um just because may obviously is typically exam season and it gets a bit tricky historically there was birthday cake games birthday attire etc and obviously our celebrations have evolved throughout the years but we still do games in form time there's still cake the girls get to choose the lunch it's a great day but previously to 2019, we didn't really capitalise on advertising what we did to our alumni community. And this is a day that any old dolphin of any age can completely relate to. So we go big on it um, in our alumni communications. Um, so we include our um, a link to our newsroom where we've got photos we've got videos um we've even managed to dig out some amazing colleague in the comms team found an archive video that was done um for a, for a big anniversary amazing black and white footage um that was our most popular um bit of comms that we've sent out actually yet um but in doing so um we found that that people all, of all ages come together to recognize the day and now we have people sending us in birthday cards um, and sharing their story about how they celebrate um, the school birthday and it really it it completely brings people in and we've been able to use that lever that um, kind of energy from our alumni around our birthday into um, a different campaign to reconnect with um, lost older old dolphins um, and also former staff. So we created this concept where our year seven and eight pupils to teach them about the old dolphin community, our alumni community, because that's such a vital part of um, alumni relations, um, is that they make birthday cards for our alumni or former staff community. So a member of um, my development team came up with the idea on the school birthday. It, when we celebrate it in February, they all write a bit of a paragraph about their experience at the school, what they're doing. We package them up and we send them out. We record who we're sending them to um, and we send them out. And it was such a success that we've even done that for Christmas cards as well. And the response has been utterly overwhelming, old, especially during these isolating times with old dolphins writing back and real friendships struck really between current dolphins and old dolphins and the benefits work both ways for our old dolphin community but also for our current pupils to realise the power of our alumni network um, and it's been great to reconnect as well with former members of staff who had lost touch with us or perhaps didn't have quite have the confidence to come back into the com into the community. Henriette I absolutely love this idea and I can totally see how the act of leaning into the thing that the old dolphins already know about and care about and doing this extra reach out my goodness it must have 
made such a difference, especially during the pandemic, to be receiving this, these lovely cards and so on. Is there anything else you want to say about this tactic or for the viewer who might not be able to do a school birthday, but they yeah. could potentially search for their version of a hook with which to, to reach out and do something creative? Absolutely. So I would just say with the power of belonging, if somebody really feels that connection with the school or the institution, then they're going to feel everything that the school is going through as well um, more deeply. So whether that's hardship or whether that's celebration, they'll be there for it. They'll be showing up for it. Um, so something that I always have at the forefront of my mind with our comms is to celebrate our community because our alumni community um, and our girls are why we're here. Our pupils are why we're here. So it's so important to give them um, the front row, basically, front row and centre seat. So something, I'll use an example um, of our comms specifically that we um, did in COVID times is we habitually celebrate our old dolphins on social media. We repost things, we document document things if people graduate people qualify as a doctor whatever however big or small we want them to know that we're proud of them whatever they're doing um because it, it's, it's that community spirit that you really want to um tap into but with covid obviously when we the first lockdown 1.0 we were all in our homes we were hearing these amazing stories about our nhs workers clap for our carers um people getting um ppe equipment from schools etc and we used the opportunity to get these stories um and i'll come on to how we got them in a minute to get these stories from our um old dolphins whether it's the the medical student that hadn't qualified but was being suddenly accelerated through their training in ITU and writing a humbling um, account of their experience there, or whether it was the undergraduate who was stuck at home because she couldn't be at university collecting science goggles for a local care home, we celebrated our community and we actually ramped up our comms. So we did it more frequently because we saw it as an opportunity to get into people's inboxes um, with some real heartwarming hard hitting um, stuff really, um, but we shared, we celebrated our community, everything they were doing, big and small, however difficult it was. And it's that goosebump moment, my team always laugh, but that, that's, what, that's what you want, that's why you do it. Um, and the pride that I felt in our community, and I know my colleagues did too, um, but the pride that our alumni community found um, in their fellow alumni that they didn't even know, that they couldn't even relate to, whether it's because their career, you know, was completely different or their age bracket, whatever it was, the pride that people and the strength that people took from that was insurmountable. Um, and the outpouring of good messages, um, but also the um, inpouring into our inboxes of stories of of other old dolphins and acts of goodwill that content really does produce itself every time we prep for a, a comms which by the way shouldn't be two weeks before you send it out it should be two months before you send it out we think gosh what are we going to include this time we have our set formats but who's going to take the spot is always up for grabs and it always inevitably comes into our inbox because people want to share even about alumni that they've never met or don't know about so don't underestimate the the sense of the power of belonging and if you really celebrate your community it's it's very easy um to kind of hinge all your comms from really yeah 
And that's wonderful, isn't it? One of the when I teach storytelling on on various courses, one of the great reasons it can be so powerful is the more you tell stories or even try to tell stories, the more it causes the person you're talking to to remember their version of the story yeah. and to want yeah. to tell it back to you. And that's true when we're in conversation. And it's also true, I'm sensing, uh, in the, the the bigger picture of communication and social media and so on. So the more you've done this, the more, more you you know it's working because yeah. people are, sh- are, are feeling they belong more in that very moment where they want to share their version of the story. And so it self-perpetuates. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, it's Rob, and I just want to jump in really quickly to let you know about our Major Gifts Mastery Programme, which is our flagship training programme and is a combination of masterclasses and one-to-one coaching to help fundraising professionals from education and other charities to grow their confidence and their income. To give you a sense of the difference it makes, here's what one fundraiser, Sarah Davies, who's an experienced higher education fundraiser, said about how it helped her. I've just finished Rob Wood's Major Gift Mastery Programme and it's been amazing. Um, The last six months of doing this course, I've had the most successful time in my job to date. I've had three or four major breakthroughs and my confidence has increased and it's no coincidence. I know this course has helped massively. Also, my colleague who works with me has been doing this course as well and she's had the best six months in her career as well. Again, major breakthroughs and I really encourage you, if you can find the budget within your organisation to apply for this. If you'd like to find out more, go to brightspotfundraising.co.uk forward slash services and then click on Major Gifts Mastery Programme. For now though, back to the interview as I asked Henrietta for another principle she uses to create such engaging communication. These are fantastic tactics, Henrietta. If there was a third idea that you have felt can help with our approach to comms, what would it be? The art of balancing content. I think consistency and ingenuity as well really comes into that. Um, so it's it's about having your um, content that is really reliable, that people enjoy features of. So I just um, alluded to the fact that we have some, our comms follow the same, pretty much the same format every time. Um, and it's about having that consistency, um, but it's also about having that excitement. So we have our old dolphins who have been in the spotlight, our alumni in the spotlight, whether that's in the media um, or that have gone above and beyond or done something extraordinary. Um, but we also have um, some, we have these buttons at the, at the bottom of our comms, just using this example, where we have book of the week um, or book of the term rather, um, podcast of the term, and then in COVID, workout of the term um but what we do is we make the resources from alumni so we find our alumni or dolphins um or alumni and our dolphins that are authors or that um are fitness instructors or that have a podcast or that are musicians that recorded something and we let them generate the content so yes is the yoga workout from the old dolphin yoga guru going to be applicable to the 95 year old living on the norfolk coast no but is she going to draw excitement and energy from the fact that wow there's a 25 year old yoga guru who you know all the old dolphins out there in the world um can do this workout yeah she is and equally on the flip side of that are you know is the 20 year old going to be bored by the archive imagery um feature at the you know in our newsletter 
No, she's not. She's going to think about the 90 year old who's really going to enjoy that. And she might not click through, but um, she'll see, still see it as a key part of the school's history. So I would encourage people to balance the content with what's important to the school now, of course, keep that format consistent, but to not be afraid to do something a bit exciting um, and fresh. It's important that, that comms don't become stale. Yes. Yeah, so you've got the consistency that we always have these kinds of slots. So people know where they stand and they know what to expect. But then within that, you are taking more risks and you're being creative in how you fulfill those slots. And I really love the sub signal, the subtext it sends, even if I received some content that didn't really match my interest, the signal it's sending that we are a family and, you know, we look after each other and there's lots of different voices within this family. Yeah. That in and of itself, even if it, the content doesn't suit me is again, making me feel that I'm cared for because I'm, you know, you're showing that respect and inclusiveness to, to that month's contributor. Absolutely. And I would just lift it from kind of our email content or the paper version that we send to our older old dolphins, but this also applies to, you know, different social media platforms. So we, um, we feature, you know, we do a series of Monday motivations um, and don't be afraid to, you know, really tap into what, what not necessarily the core issues, but the core challenges that, that your old dolphins face. So um, recently we, we um, profiled an old dolphin who um, spoke about the challenges and struggles of motherhood. And that was four times more popular than any other post we've ever done about women in STEM or, or anything, because it's inevitably something that lots of um, alumni can relate to. Indeed, I think it got two and a half thousand um, impressions, which is literally four and four or five times what we what we normally get. So, yes, don't be afraid of, of balancing that content between um, kind of the the fresh content but also keeping that that regularity and consistency that's really important yeah and um you, you may have made the point already but um the fourth idea i wrote down as a key principle you've used is that notion of consistency is there any other thing you'd like to say for the viewer or listener about achieving consistency without you know yeah. really the work-life balance going to pot how, how can we be consistent and create this uh, really interesting valuable content uh, but do it in a manageable way yeah so there's so many different layers to that so consistency doesn't happen by accident I've spoken about it when we first started this conversation about it's got to remain in house style it's got to remain in with the school's voice the school's messaging and the school's key aims really but the three c's so be consistent um, have clarity and compound your message. Um, so be consistent. That's not just in the in your content, but the timing of your content um, is really important. Have clarity in what you to have clarity in what you're trying to achieve with this. Um, but also make sure that that's really clear. You know, if you pull someone off the street that had no idea what school you're working for, would they be able to gauge the key aims of you know of the of the content? That's so important. And don't um, don't underestimate the importance of compounding your message. So something without fail that we always include in our comms, um, our newsletter comms, but um, on a regular basis on on other platforms is our fundraising. Not because we you know we say can you please donate? Can you please donate? These are the important causes, but we talk about the need. 
Um, and that's really it's it's a it's a priority. There's one priority. There's one need, and that's something that we consistently share about the successes uh, of it um, and the impact that it has. But you just need to be consistent. So plan what your communications are going to be. Get into a rhythm. Um, it's a difficult muscle to flex, but it really needs to be found. You need to find that time to plan your social media, plan your comms and plan the structure of your comms. Because once you do, you can measure the success of it or the failures of it and you can just pivot it slightly. Um, but having said all of that, consistency is key. But don't be a, don't be a bit of um, afraid of a bit of ingenuity. You know, in COVID times, we pivoted. Does something need to be more regular if people, the world is stuck in their home? Yeah, it could be because then they're going to be reading more emails. Um, or if a certain social media campaign's getting really good feedback, could it be a permanent feature? Yeah, it could be. Really listen to your audience. Um, it doesn't take hours. It takes 10 minutes to look at imp impressions on social media or click-throughs. And also the the different members of your team. It doesn't have to come from you because you've got the strategic oversight as director of development. In our um, development department, it's the development assistant that looks at those stats and bring them forward. And that, that gives her great identity um, and kind of a confidence to say, this is what we're doing really well. This is what we're doing badly. Accountability there for everybody. But also, this is what I think the whole team should focus their efforts on, on these platforms. And that's absolutely something that then manifests itself and comes to fruition. So it's about empowering your team and your community, but not straying from those three Cs of consistency, clarity, and compounding your message. It allows the, the school's key aims and needs to really be presented to, to your community in a palatable, tangible way. Well, I hope you found this excerpt from our conversation was helpful. If you did, remember to subscribe to the podcast today so that you never miss an episode. As I mentioned earlier, if you found the ideas in this section of our conversation helpful, then I promise you'll get lots more ideas and inspiration from the new training video series we've created, especially for development professionals and fundraisers in schools. It's called Ways to Grow Your School Fundraising Results, and in it we have time to go into more depth on a bunch of things that schools can do at the moment to help raise funds in spite of the pandemic. It includes more detail on major gifts, on successful appeals, on creating a clear, persuasive case for support, and lots more. It's completely free, so if you'd like to get your copy, just go to the notes for episode 65, which is on the podcast section of my website, brightspotfundraising.co.uk and click on the link. Just before I go, I'd like to say a massive thank you to everyone who's been getting in touch and spreading the word about this podcast with colleagues and on social media. Henrietta and I would love to hear what you think about this episode. We're both on LinkedIn and on Twitter, I'm at Woods underscore Rob. Finally, thanks so much for listening today and best of luck with your fundraising. Fundraising.